for joining us for another episode of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I am your host, Coach Chelsea, and I'm super excited to join y'all. Y'all, it's March Madness, okay? And the Lord understands. There it is. Look, so my devotional was popping off, y'all. It was ready to try to take y'all in where I was, and that's (laughs) that's fine and good because we're going to go there. And it's March Madness, and I was just sitting here talking to our servant leader for today, just simply why I love March Madness, not only for the sport, but you truly get to see the stories, right? You truly get to see the transparent heart of these coaches when they win, when they lose, they're at the most vulnerable state and the most most vulnerable moment. And so, you know, before we get started and I introduce you all to our servant leader today, I'm going to give you a scripture for today. It's one of the ones that I love, one of the ones that athletes and coaches and servant leaders all can use. And it's a common one, Jeremiah 21, I'm sorry, 29 and 11. And I was on this this morning, coach, and everybody listening, because I think sometimes the scriptures we hear so often, I don't want to say they lose their flavor, right? But I think they become so, they're not as impactful as some that we may hear new. But guys, hear this. It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. It says, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And I've been on that one. That's what y'all kind of heard today that was going. Um, I've been on that one because so often, and one of the things we're going to talk about today, coaches, athletes, leaders, we got to recognize that even in the midst of our paths, we got to know that God already has that path aligned for us. We just got to be willing to walk in it. And sometimes I was listening to Coach Yo, shout out to her um, and that great win last night. And she said, my life, this was her quote, shout out to you, Yo. She said, my life, I don't always get a straight layup. She said, sometimes I always got to do a Euro step or a pro hop, right? And what she was really trying to say for my people that really aren't up to basketball moves is that it's not always a straight path. Sometimes you're going to have to go through the obstacles. Sometimes you're going to have to leap. Sometimes God has to take you to it before you can get through it, but he knows the plans he has for you and they're not to harm you. It may not feel good in that moment, but I promise you it is preparation, right? So y'all take that one down, Jeremy and I at 29 and 11, but y'all today we have an amazing servant leader with us. I was so excited. We've been working on getting her here. And I told her we're both moms of one-year-olds. And I told her, I said, you know, in my mind, I messaged you a while ago in my mind, right? (laughs) And it was amazing though, because since time she has given herself to young ladies serving as a wife, as a mom, she is the head coach at Texas Wesleyan University. She is the 2022-2023 coach of the year of her conference and led her young ladies to a championship in her conference this year. And she was also, y'all, a finalist, an NAIA finalist for coach of the year. And I'm just floored that even in the midst of all this, she's a humble servant. Today, guys, we have Coach Renita Jackson with us. And I'm just going to go ahead and pass the torch to you to say hello to our listeners because I'm ready to get this conversation started. Hey, I'm excited to be here. Um, I just wanted to say thank you. I appreciate you for reaching out. Uh, yeah. No love lost. I get it. The kids keep <laughs> us rolling. But, you know, one of the things about it is it's, it's the best part of my life is being a mom. And Come so wh- while I love coaching and that has been a passion for so long, It's like a breath of fresh air and just a new chapter has unfolded since adding in the dynamic of now being a mom. So, but I'm excited. I'm excited to talk, you know, Bible or faith or basketball, uh, any of the above. I love it. That's exactly. And that's why I love the servant leader because it encompasses all of that, right? Like it is legitimately going to be everything that you said. It is the whole moment, like you and I talked before we got on. It is a place where we love when coaches win. We love when leaders succeed, right? We love when they get their accolades. 
But one of the things that Grammy Award, Emmy Award, SB Award, what's the first thing people say when they get an award? You know, we're first giving honor to God. And I think that's amazing. I think it is awesome when we're doing that. But I feel much like those scriptures we hear all the time, that becomes the cliche thing that we say, right? But are we truly open and okay and transparent? We're recognizing how much we immerse ourselves into the path God aligns us and how much we understand that he truly is the head of our life. And so where I want to start with you, Coach, is just we've been talking about the fulfill goal percentage, right? And I laugh about that because it's basketball, right? And we've all been there when our players have a poor shoe night, okay? It just feels like the goal turns into the size of a, a needle that you're trying to put thread through. And then we've all <laughs> been there where it feels like the goal is the size of a swimming pool. They can't miss, Right. right. That feel, fulfill goal percentage, that field goal percentage is just telling us literally how it means to truly make the shot. And as Christians, as servant leaders in our walks and our lives, we got to be able to answer the call. Can you just kind of talk to us in your path of college coaching, right? What does that mean to you, the fulfill goal percentage and how you navigate on a coaching job versus an assignment from God? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, I definitely think that early in my coaching career, it it was all about the job. It was all about kind of, you know, just getting the next open job, if you will. Um, and it wasn't until more recently that I saw them more as assignments. Um, and I do think some of that comes along with just maturity and learning through life experiences and um, you know, going to a place and, and having success over here and then going to another school doing the same thing, but you're not having success and you're trying to figure out what changed, you know, what's the difference. Um, and, and some of it is, like you said, you just went over there for an assignment. And so when the assignment is up, you know, God determines when, when and where you go next. And so once I finally submitted to that, um, I think I'm a lot more at peace with the fact that, um, you know, seasons end and sometimes we don't understand why they have to end or we don't know the timing, but the reality of it is when you're on an assignment, when the assignment was, is up, then you got to get ready for the next one. So uh, that part of it, like I say, more recently, I've had to uh, reconcile in my heart, um, but it also gives you a sense of peace to know that God is using you for a greater purpose and that you can you can go along and plant seeds wherever God sends you. And uh, like the scripture says, one one person plants the seeds, another one waters it, but God gets the increase. I'm so whether here. I'm I'm the planter or I'm the waterer, I'm, I got purpose and God will get the increase at some point. Um, they'll they'll see, you know, what it is that you're trying to teach them or show them or reveal to them. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think I think the more you reconcile and come to terms with and submit to that, that God is in control, uh, you'll have more peace about it. Um, at, at least that was me and my journey anyways. But um, it, it's it's a tough business, you know, it's a tough business. And it's it's a scary business to be in if you're not grounded to your faith. So. Mm, come on. And, you know, I want to stay right there for a second when we talk about being grounded to our faith and also planting seeds, right? Because I think I always talk about this in terms of not just coaching, but all of my life's endeavors. I tell people and my young people, I said, be mindful of the people around you, right? I said, because you got to pay attention. I want people in my life that build the tracks and then also ride the train, okay? Right. And oftentimes we see it, right? As coaches, it's our job to plant the seed, but much like flowering plants. I don't have a green thumb. I'm going to tell y'all that now, but we know that it takes sunlight. We got to shine our light on these people that we're around. We know that it takes water, right? Are we being dry? Are we actually edifying people that we walk into? Are we giving them the freshness and refreshing them when we come around? And as coaches, I want you to stop real quick to not just your athletes, but in leading people, how important it is to actually speak life and pour life into your athletes. And not only that, you can extend it out into your family and those that surround you. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I think when I look back on how I was, when I first got into coaching, I was 21. I mean, I was fresh out of college. <laughs> And so I kind of talked to them the way I did my teammates, not understanding that my role has shifted. So my influence shifted. And so it carried more weight, what I was saying and how I was saying it. 
but yeah, for sure. I didn't, I didn't really grasp the hold of that edifying and, and encouraging and those types of things until some years later. But um, I, I, I definitely think that you have to speak life into people. You have to say those things that are not as if they are. You can't just hone in on what they're doing wrong because they'll shut down as any of us would. If all you do is tell me what I do wrong, you know, at some point I'm going to, you know, maybe get discouraged. So, yeah, no, I agree with that. And and like you said, not just with being a coach, it's the same thing in my relationship, you know, with my husband, with my mom, with my daughter. Like, you know, people are attracted to people that make them feel like I can do this. I'm capable of doing this. And um, this is somebody who actually believes in me. So I, I think that's important. I think it's very important, Coach. And, you know, when you take a look at that, a lot of times this is Women's History Month, right? And that's mm-hmm. why I picked so many of you. And we had some that I'm thankful that their teams advanced, right? And so, of course, yeah. we had to wiggle some things around. It's like, I'm sorry, but we won. And I'm like, no, don't apologize. This is what we want, right? That's and right. so this is Women's History Month, though. And, you know, a lot of what you're talking about is we do. We find ourselves as coaches, as wives, as mothers, as leaders, friends, sister, all of these things, aunts, we have so many titles and so many hats that we wear, right? And we're planting seeds and we're watering and we're nurturing and we're doing all speaking life into others. That sometimes though, coaching, you know, this to be true. It leaves us on E. Mm-hmm. So can you talk to us a little bit about how you replenish yourself on a daily basis in order because we know as servant leaders we can't pour from it from an empty cup right I definitely think that you have to be first rooted in your faith in God um, and reading the word the more I read the word um, God tells me who I am through his word just like that scripture you started with Jeremiah 29 and 11 you know, he he's talking about the plans he has for me. So that encourages me to keep going and encourages me to keep reading my word, knowing that he has plans for me. Because um, at the end of the day, you can call me coach of the year, coach of the century. I don't care what you call me. If God isn't pleased with me, Come on I, will here. Put, I will put it all down. Come because on. If, if he's not pleased with what I'm doing, that far outweighs any earthly award. So I definitely think that being rooted in your faith and connected to God, you know, that is what fills me up. But even from a more practical sense, I have an amazing husband. He's very encouraging. I I insulate myself with people who not just are yes people, if you will, um, but certainly know me. So I have an older brother that lives close and his wife and, you know, my mom, my mother-in-law, I have family who live close by that I intentionally spend time with throughout the week where I don't want to talk basketball. I don't want to talk work. You know, I just want to talk about how are the kids doing and, you know, how is God moving in your life? And so hearing their testimonies or just being able to spend time with them is a blessing um, for me and helps me to stay, like you said, encouraged. And then last but not least, and I, I think it's important to be in your local church. So I serve and attend uh, the Potter's House North Dallas uh, here in Frisco. And so uh, I've been there since 2016, since we moved back to Dallas. And it has just been a blessing to go there and obviously hear the word, but then to serve in the local church and to be connected with other servant leaders. Um, There's something about serving, um, whether it's the children's ministry or more recently, I moved over to the youth the high school ministry and being able to see God come to life in their lives is encouraging as well. And then these kids just, they just love on you. They hug you. They just excited that you keep showing up for them. So that's also encouraging too. And for me, that's important because I need balance, right? Because coaching is a thankless job and you show up and you do what you're supposed to do, but you're still criticized you know, by either the parents or the players because of something as simple as playing time, which I don't understand. Um, But like I tell my players and their parents all the time, we can't lose sight of the fact that your your daughter at some point is going to, the ball's going to stop bouncing, right? And so we got to prepare her for life after that. And so when she works on a job and she doesn't like the hours that she's getting or the project that she's put on, you're going to call that boss and she's going to be unemployed. 
And so we got to prepare her for everything's not going to go your way, but can you contribute something? Like, can you give something to make the organization better in whatever role it is that you have? So uh, having that balance of serving in my local church helps me not get consumed with the constant criticisms that come along with coaching because everybody thinks they can coach, you know, played, you know, back in the 80s and they, now they a coach, you know. So it's just a tough business, but I think having the balance of serving in my local church helps me understand I coach, I'm blessed to coach, but it's not all I do. It's not, it's not even all of who I am. It's just a part of me. And so um, being connected with the body of believers is another way that I get filled up. And I think that's important. Mm -hmm. That's huge. I mean, we know in in Proverbs, it talks to us about iron sharpening iron and You know, I tell people all the time, I, I've seen it. I've seen it to where even at the literal sense, trying to sharpen a knife, right? Right. And, but the sharpen is dull. How am I going to get sharp if that's dull? Or, you know, and the same thing with our relationships and our friendships, right? How can I sharpen you if I'm dull? If I'm on right. you, if I don't, if I'm not rooted, as you mentioned, you know? And I think that's so amazing because the people that are around us, plays a big part in how we serve, plays a big part in us being rooted and also plays a big part when those seasons get long as coaches or, you know, Mm -hmm. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and I'm like, she was at work late and I'm like, why are you at work? And she looked at me, she's a tax lawyer. She's like, it's tax season. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I was like, that's how I am from October to February. I get it, you know? Um, (laughs) That being said though, one of the things I love and, you know, coach KB, she just hopped in here. Um, so she can tell you, hello, you herself, but, um, shout out to her and amazing things she's doing. But one of the things we talk about all the time, my brother Cabral Huff, he always says, you have to have a board of directors, right? You hear people all the time talking about, you know, you just got to make sure that, you know, the people around you are being able to lift you up. They call them many things. One of the things that floored me a long time ago is it I saw a meme and I mentioned this on the podcast a lot. I saw a meme and it said, who are the pallbearers in your life? And that thing took me out. It took me out, coach, because you know one thing about you have your honorary pallbearers when somebody passes, and you have your active pallbearers, right? And it's the job of those active pallbearers to lift dead weight. Dead weight, right? And so it blew my mind because everybody can be in your corner when things are going good. Everybody can be in your corner when you cutting down nets, coach. Everybody can be in your corner when you're at the highest peak of whatever your, you know, tutelage is. But what happens when I'm dull, right? And one of the things I love to say is who occupies the seats at your table, right? We all had the potluck, coach. Okay. Did you bring something? Or are you sitting to the table just eating and enjoying, but you didn't do anything to partake in this or bring bring anything to the table? And so, coach, as I mentioned that and think about that, you know, of course, we have many people that pour into us, help us grow as mentors. If you, this is Women's History Month. If there were one person, one woman that has played a pivotal role in your life, in your advancement, in everything that you do and edifying you and help root you, who would that be? Oh, coach, you muted. Unmute real quick, coach. You good. Uh-oh. There you go. You good. Okay. Yeah, I that's a good question. Um I don't know if I can say well yeah I can't. If she has nothing to do with coaching, but um the one woman that's always kind of kept me grounded and always had, you know, encouraging things to say, honestly, over all my, all my years has been my grandmother. Um, I, I can't really say she's got anything to do with my career or anything like that, but she just is always like, when I go through tough things or I go through a, a hard season or, you know, have to switch gears or whatever the situation is, I call her and she's always like, baby, just keep on living. You know, this this is just a part of life, you know, or even if I got questions about like something that's going on with friendships or relationships, because those change, dynamics change over the years. And it doesn't really make sense at the time. But, you know, she just kind of is always encouraging to say that that's a part of life. And so keep living, keep moving on, keep going forward, and you'll start to to see it 
a little bit better understanding in retrospect. You know, she was kind of one of the people who helped me understand um, back in 2012 when I first first uh, was a head coach at the college level, um, a school that I was working for shut down suddenly. And so um, if that school never shut down, I would probably still to this day still be out in Jacksonville, Texas, coaching at that school. I loved everybody, everybody there. I loved everybody there. They loved me. Um, I just enjoyed it so much. And then we just suddenly it shut down. We had to switch gears. We had to go somewhere else. And um, I just remember her being an encouragement during that time and saying, like, you may not understand why this is happening, but uh, for whatever reason, God is moving you somewhere else. And you just got to you got to be OK with it. And she always prays for me and always says things that keep me focused on the big picture. I think we all have to have people like that in our life. She never lets me dwell on it. Like she never lets me, she'll let me vent, but she won't let me dwell. I think there's a difference. I like and that. then, yeah, then she kind of reminds me that, you know, hey, this happened to me back when I was in this this stage of life and and I had these many kids and I had to, you know, really trust God. This is an opportunity for you to, to exercise your faith. and. So she's helped me tremendously over the years. There's been a lot of women, but for sure my grandmother has helped me. And I just, every time I go through stuff, I just remember that just keep on living, you know, just mm -hmm. keep on living, you know, yes. if you just keep, keep pressing forward, God will show you his mighty hand, you know, in due season. And you don't have to always see what he's doing or understand why he's doing, but just know he's always working. So it'll be, it'll be her. I think that's amazing, right? And I feel the same way when you said my grandma. Was, oh, yes, uh-huh, yes, that's it. <laughs> yeah, my grandma rest her soul. But anybody yeah. knows my grandparents both played a very pivotal role. And you know, there's a gospel song that talks about grandma's hand, right? Yeah. And, you, know, you hear people talk about time. There's nothing like a praying mother and a praying grandmother. It just isn't. It gives you coverage, right? It gets yeah. you. It gives you those things that much like you say. I'll hear you. But if you're looking for somebody that's going to want coddle and let you dwell, oh no, you can talk. Go on, baby. Yeah. You know, and, and I love it because I truly, I've actually become one of those people, you know, if I've had people tell me, well, I didn't call you because I know you're going to give it to me straight. You're absolutely right. Because that that's is right. We all should be right. And so grandma was the same way. And there's so many times that I'll do something or I'll say something and even now, Hendrix, uh, my daughter, she was doing something the other day and I was like, oh my gosh, like I saw it. Yeah. And it's just amazing <laughs> how that works. But when you talked about seeds at the very beginning of this conversation, right? Mm -hmm. that, those seeds are even with us. They planted that in us, right? And we are, That's right. there was a article I read and it was one of those kind of fable type things. And it was the, a man and he was a hundred and something years old. And they were asking him, like, you know, I know you're coming to in your role. You know, what what do you want? Like, do you want to do this before you pass? Do you want to do this before you pass? Do you want to do this? And he said, no, I want to plant a tree. And they were like, what? That's random. Well, why would you want to plant a tree? Like, don't you want to do something that, you know, you can see or touch before you leave? And he said, that's all fine and good, but I've experienced life. He said, and that's I want right. to plant a seed so that you all, and for generations can to come can see the effects of my work. And That's when you right. speak about your grandmother and you speak about the things that we do as servant leaders and Christians, that's how we have to be, right? That's right. It, it's the intangible sometimes that allow people years later, not just our athletes that we coach, but when we touch people, I always talk about, you know, the the colognes and the perfumes, right? Yeah. I walk yes. through a hall. Right. I, sometimes my students say, oh, give me a hug. I smell you. Right. <laughs> and so the Bible tells us that we have to be the aroma of Christ. Right. That's so right. Scriptures because it's so relatable. And we mm -hmm. know, too, that just as we have some good smelling things, we have some things where it's like, oh, no, that don't agree with you. My nose. That, yeah. you know, and our yeah. attitudes and our spirits work the same way in our relationships and our friendships and with those that we lead. So are, are you the one that when my scent lingers in a room after I leave, did it touch someone? Did the right. effect of my, my being, even if I'm no longer there, 
Did it touch you? Did it help you? And as being a servant leader, those are the things that grandma taught us, right? And so not knowing your grandmother, just speaking, I I know, I just, you know, shout out to grandma because I could just know and feel the wisdom that she's imparted to you. Yeah, yeah, I I think, I definitely think that uh, we leave traces with people long beyond our time interacting with them. Uh, She definitely was impactful. I'll even say my mother as well. Like she just, she worked every single day she got up she worked she rolled her sleeves up you know she had me and my brother she was a single mom neither of our dads were active and every single day she got up and worked. I I told her the other day in all of my years I don't ever remember you calling in sick to work like ever I don't remember you ever like I ain't going in today my back is none of that like she went to work every single day and so she didn't necessarily plant um, like the same words of wisdom because her mindset is around working, like doing the work, getting it done. So I learned a lot from her in that regards. Like, you know, she she really reminds me of that Colossians 3.23 where it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, you know, mm-hmm. as if working for the Lord. And she mm-hmm. just she just worked. She showed me and my brother, when you go places, don't go in complaining, don't be a prima donna. You get in there and you work, roll your sleeves up and get to work. And then with you'll do that, that's, you know, your works connected with your faith that creates the environment for God to step in and unroll all kinds of miracles in your favor. So, um, but she's the other person and I'm, I'm blessed to have both of them in my life and, and um, really just great examples of, of how I need to now be for my daughter. You know, I need to encourage her and remind her not to dwell but I also need to show her what it means to work and work for God so I love that you you took me back for a moment and just speaking to these just amazing women and much like you and your mom and your grandmother you know you speak about that faith and works even down to your hand movements I was reminded of a call um about a year actually a year ago this time um coach Joni Taylor now at Texas A&M This was a year ago when she had just uh, faced off in the SEC championship. Um, And it was funny because it was like, it was that her call was scheduled for the day after. And I just knew to myself, like, I'm a coach. So I'm thinking she's going to want to reschedule. That's, that's fine by me. And so I messaged her and she said, oh no, I'm coming on. And that was one of the first things she said. She said, you know, my faith in my works, my faith in my work. She said, that's what my mom always taught me. That's what my church always taught me. My faith in my works. And so no matter where I, I roam, I can talk a good game, but my mm-hmm. faith and my works is it's like set in the atmosphere. You know, yes. my kids, I, I teach science. And when they walk into the classroom, they'll know if it's lab day or a demo day, because they see things set up. They see that I've set yes. the stage. I've set the tone. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they know, Oh, well, let's get ready because I've set the tone for these things to take place. And my faith and my works, much like you said, it sets the tone. It allows Christ to know like, hey, she's unyielded. I can come in and do my thing and I can work. And I think that's amazing that's right. as servant leaders that that has been instilled in us. But I think it's something that we have to do and remember on each day-to-day basis on our assignments. That's that's that's, that's right. deep, Coach. Now, now, Coach, here's the thing, right? I talk about discernment a lot. And I feel it's huge in every avenue of our lives, Mm -hmm. but I think it's, I don't want to say it's, it's harder. I think there's of course more stipulations in the coaching world sometimes, right? Depending on what you are. So can you talk a little bit about how you utilize your discernment, how you lean on the rock? and making decisions, even down to which jobs, like you mentioned the school you were at and you loved it, right? And now you're at Texas mm-hmm. Wesleyan, but how you use your discernment when it comes down to making decisions, even if they're the, the decision that you make because you consult Christ may or may not be the most, you know, how shall I say popular decision mm-hmm. from maybe your upper heads. Yeah, I, I definitely think that, um, Prayer is important, but to be honest with you, um, every decision that we make is on some level of faith because we don't know the future. And so I, I can discern, I can, I can do research, I can ask questions, I can, you know, everything can look like it's, it's good. And then you get there and 
You know, we just live in a society and a culture where people are faking it till they make it, right? And they're putting on and they're putting on these masks. And because they're faking and putting on masks, it is hard to discern, you know, mm -hmm. for me personally, even down to recruiting, you know, you recruit them, they are rehearsing, you know, Bible scriptures on the visit and they get here. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh man, they are everything but what they were on a visit. And it's just like, whoa, who are you? <laughs> happened that fast. So it's hard. It's hard to discern because People aren't real. They're not authentic. They're not, they're not being who they say they are. And so, um, you know, discerning when to take a job or, or should I move around? You know, I, I've been to, oh man, I've been around quite a bit. I've, I've, I've been blessed to coach at the college level since 2008, spent some time away. Um, back in 2016, my mom had a stroke and uh, became a caregiver for a few years. Once she got stabilized, I got back into it at the high school level. I was always around it though, coaching with um, like AAU and that kind of stuff. But um, when I got back into it at the high school level, you know, I wasn't sure if that was the right decision because I had heard nothing but horror stories about being in high school. And when I went for that one year, I I actually enjoyed it. You know, the girls were just as sweet and as open. They 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 weren't very talented. God bless them, but they they worked hard. They were grateful. They were fun to be around. And if you're up at five thirty in the morning, like you want to be around people that at least work hard and understand that kind of stuff. Um, but that one year at the high school level, I mean, I wasn't sure if that was the right move because a lot of a lot of people were not. I guess, in agreement with that, if you will. Um, but a year later, I get the call about Texas Wesleyan University. And the last two years, you know, we've gone, what, 52 and 13 and back-to-back um, -back coach of the year since I've been there. So even going to Texas Wesleyan, a lot of people was like, I never heard of that school. Is that a good job? You know, it, it was just a lot of negativity towards almost every decision. So I think with discernment, you know, you, you're going to only be able to discern so much because even with jobs, they're not going to tell you everything up front. They're going to tell you what you want to hear to get you up there to get, and get you to show up. And then you show up and you do everything you said you was going to do and you winning and you cutting nets and they, woo, they look good now, you know, but that doesn't mean that they're doing and saying what they said they were going to do. So for me, I, I try to discern, to be honest with you, <laughs> um, you don't you're not going to know the true story until you get in there unfortunately and and at that point you just got to trust God that he'll protect you during that time and that um you're there and you're given and you're still being who you said you were going to be you know don't back off and don't uh stop being who said who you said you were going to be um and then when it's time to move around i think i think he'll give you a sense of peace in your heart to know, okay, assignment here is fulfilled and now it's time to move on. But, you know, I, it's hard. I mean, if I could just, it is hard to discern because people are just not honest. And I just, I would rather you, I would rather you just straight up tell me, these are the challenges with this job on the front end. This is what you're going to have a hard time with. This is, which you're going to be able to have success with and let me decide on the front end, you know, do I want to go put me and my family into that situation? Um, but, uh, you know, it's also hard to discern because everybody wants to speak to your situation, um, but they're speaking from their perspective instead of a lot of people don't know to, to not put themselves in your situation. And so I think you got to discern that too, that everybody, and it's not nothing against them, they're just speaking from their own perspective. So since it didn't work out for them, they think it's not going to work out for you. But um, it's that part of it is hard. That's probably one of the hardest pieces is discerning, you know, where do I go? Should I go there? Should I stay here? You know, there's so many positive things here, but over there I could also, you know, do this and impact more people. So um, that's the hardest piece to me because people aren't honest and they're not transparent. And um, it really, it really makes it difficult when you're showing up as your authentic self, but you're usually the only person doing that. So coach, that was big, loaded and definitely the truth that, you know, and one of the biggest things I 
I won't say struggle with. I think it was one of the things in leadership where you learn and understand the importance and how big transparency is, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm one of those people where it's like, mm, like, you know, I keep things close to my best. It's just, I'm not a sharer. That's just never been me. But I've learned that in leadership, transparency is just, it's huge. It's necessary. You know, my girls will tell me all the time, like, coach, I didn't know that. I didn't know that you went through that. And and, and even my students, right. And it yeah. builds that relationship. So for me, it's one of those things too, utilizing that discernment because mm-hmm. you have to also be mindful of what you share, when you share, how you share and to whom you share with. Right. That's right. And the other portion to that coach, you're right there people sometimes are fleeting. And so having discernment, leaning on Christ, staying rooted, as you mentioned earlier in this call, truly as servant leaders, when we find ourselves in in rooms and in, in, in gyms and all of these places, it truly is there sometimes where I say, Lord, just guide me, help me. You know, if I don't see an angle, if I don't see a blind side that may be coming, please show That's me right. how to move, right? And I think that is so important um, to how we move and how we live to allow him to lead. You know, it's funny, my grandma and my mom used to always say, you know, you got to thank for everything. You know, and much like I said, that scripture at the beginning, sometimes I think we take things for granted. And I laugh mm-hmm. because, you know, they make memes like this. And it's the truth though. If I get a park, if I get a parking spot, the way my knees are set up these days and it is close, you gonna hear me thank them like I won the lottery, okay? <laughs> funny you know we laugh but it's like every little thing I'm going to give thanks because when you start to do that you know you'll start to realize that he truly is in everything if you let him be that's right you know and so for those that you know maybe listening now that listen later I think you know all of us are in different skills of trusting and being rooted in faith Right. Um, You know, I I, I was talking to one of my my brothers, uh, Pastor Dennis, he'll be coming on next month as as we celebrate um, our third year of this. And I was just saying that I don't ever want to be in a place where, as my pastor always talks about that, let me make sure I get it right. He says, well, we so um, we do a lot of. um, uh, What do you say? Spiritually focused that we can't do any earthly good. And there's people that truly do, coach, want to learn about this man. As they say, I'm just a nobody trying to tell somebody, you know, anybody about somebody. That's right. So often that, you know, it does, it becomes intimidating because Mm -hmm. people are in different spaces. What is some advice you can give to the coach, the leader, the player, right? That person, the insert, whatever you do, right? that person that, you know, it's been tugging at you for a minute, right? I I hear people talking about Jesus Christ. I see this joy they have. I'm hearing Coach Chelsea and Coach Bernita right now talk about being rooted and planting seeds and the joy they get. And and I, I want to insert myself in that, but I don't know. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know. I've been through so much hurt. I've been through so much pain. I don't know. What advice would you give to that person about just coming to Christ and seeking him, even in the midst of their concerns or their worries or their fear? Most definitely, I would encourage whoever it is that is not sure or um, considering to first and foremost, get to know who God is for yourself. I think that's important. Um, I would start reading the Bible, you know, start with the book of John. That's probably the easiest, most forthcoming chapter you can start with and just learn about who who Christ is um because he really is a keeper and and I will I'm telling you I said it before I'll keep saying it I will be afraid to be on this earth without being rooted in my faith because um we all are going to fall at some point and um I I I need to have somebody that is going to help me up in those moments right like there are some falls that we fall and we we can get up on our, we're tough enough. We can get up from some falls, but there are some falls that just straight up take the wind out of you and make you question everything. And um, I, I need God in my life. I need him a part of everything that I do. Um, that's not just from what I, I've, I've read about or seen. It's what I've experienced and lived. So I would encourage you to read the word for yourself, get to know him for yourself. 
Um, I would also encourage you to get connected with, you know, a local church and uh, go through some Bible studies so you can learn how to walk with God. Um, but I would also encourage you to not not keep waiting because none of us know the, the day or the hour uh, of when our life is going to, you know, end, you know, so I wouldn't wait either, you know, um, but I would definitely encourage you to do that. Uh, seek him. He says, if you draw nigh unto me, I'll draw nigh unto you, which means if, if you pursue him, he'll pursue you right back and he'll meet you wherever you are. He'll show himself to you. He'll show you that he's a mind regulator. He'll show you that in the midst of chaos, you can be the one person in a room with peace. He'll show you that even though if you get laid off from a job, he'll still provide for you and he'll command things on your behalf. Um, he'll show you how uh, to forgive if there's somebody who has has crossed you or hurt you. He'll show you how to forgive because he forgave us, because we are all sinners as well. And so I just want to encourage you to to do that and get to know him and trust him and get connected with somebody that can walk with you through that journey um, as you as you step into it. It's the greatest decision I ever made. Um, I love God because not because of my mama loved God or my granny loved God, but because I, who he's been to me personally. And um, I, I'm telling you right now, you know, I should be a statistic. But because because he wrapped his arms around me, you know, I get I get to be a servant leader. You know, I get to be a coach. I get to be a wife. I get to be a mom. But if you look at the history of my life, I shouldn't be where I am. And um, a lot of people are shocked. But I think that all of that is a testament to what God can do. He can do anything. He can do anything just like he did with my life. He's no respect to person. He can do the same in your life, too. So. Um, I, I just, I, I can't imagine going a day without him. Like you said, I thank him just for waking me up. Come on. I thank him for having food, you know, thank him for my daughter, um, my husband, my family It's just, it's a blessing. Cause it, you know, it could go, it could go in a different direction, but he, he opens up the heavens and he smiles on us every day when he lets us wake up. So I'm just grateful for it. See, and that's that butt God moment. Right. Yeah. I was thinking about, you know, the book of John and I'm I'm glad you said I was talking to somebody specifically about that. And, you know, as a kind of hint that that is direction we're going in as we celebrate the third year of this podcast is, you know, I'm just going to leave this here the fourth quarter. And if you love sports, coach sports, you know about the importance of the fourth quarter. And I'm just going to leave that mm -hmm. right there as a precursor. Just stick with us in April and you'll be able to, you know, carry along but coach I think about the book of John and I was telling somebody the other day I was like it's like if Christ had a resume okay now his resume the that company gonna be like look we say one page dude okay <laughs> we said one page you know that's right but it, it's amazing to me and granted these are my words not his but literally when you think about that whole entire chapter, like in downstairs in one of my my um, my books, there's words like life, right? That come in mm -hmm. trust, right? Glorified, like, and it's words like that that speak to me because it, much like what coach is saying to the listener, when you start there, that doubt that you have or that uncertainty or that gray area, it kind of introduces to you the resume of this man on why when you ask about the joy we have, or when you ask much like what, you know, coach just said, all of the things, right? Um, Hendrix is in that place where she is honestly no fear, right? You know, you probably know the yeah. same thing. And it's like, you watch me like, no, don't do that. And then look yeah. at she's like, I got it, you know? <laughs> but then there are some times where she may fall or she may get caught in a nook and cranny where it's like, ah, uh, this is uncharted territory. You know what? Mm -hmm. And what she does she lifts her hand, mm -hmm. right? And it's amazing to me because she's like, you know what? Mm -mm. I'm not even gonna try this one. I know yeah. I can't do this on my own. I mm -hmm. know that I can't take this step without, you know what? Here's my hand. Come on, grab hold and help me. And that is how I view my life without Christ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That That's good. I don't have the option, right? It's it's like, you know, one of the speakers on here said at the very first of this, and he said, you know, people often say and believe that when they accept Christ, 
there's such a growing Christ that now no bad or negativity is ever going to happen. Quite honestly and truthfully, as a coach, you know that, you know, the scouting report, <laughs> okay? When other coaches has you, your scouting report ready, they know how to angle against you. They know your weak spots. They know your strengths. Yeah. So does the enemy. Right. But the beauty in knowing and accepting Christ says, just like Hendrix, I can't take this walk by myself. And so although it's not easy, accepting Christ says that in my uneasiness, in my difficulty, I now have you to fight my battle. That's right. That's right. That's, That's exactly good, right. That's mm -hmm. good, coach. Man, mm -hmm. don't make me jump now. My knee's still sore from <laughs> still working on trying to get my knee back right from a couple of weeks ago in student versus faculty game. But you know, coach, as we start to kind of close this thing in and and I always try to just be just as laid back, just as transparent. I listen to podcasts all the time and the ones that I love the most, and I love a lot of them, but the ones that I love the most are the ones where people are real with me. And you said it best, like as the word says, no man knows the day nor the hour. And it's becoming very, uh, if you read your word and if not, guys, that's why we're just saying that to you. We're here for you. I'll give my summons at the end, but you can always DM me. I enjoy reading the word. I enjoy helping, but it's getting very clear as you start to get rooted as coach has been speaking about all call that, you know, his return is coming. That part has mm -hmm. already been made. We don't know when. And all I want y'all to know is that I, I want y'all to be right there at the gate. I was telling somebody that I want you to meet me at the gate. Okay. There's a song in Baptist that says at the gate. I know I want you there. Yes. Right? Yeah. I, 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 there's a, a picture and I'm, I'm really, I keep saying this, but I'm going to get in and hang it up. And, and I think it's called the great reunion. Uh, but it depicts that day that we all are rejoicing in heaven. And you see people reuniting with families. And it's just like, I don't want to miss that. I don't. And literally, if we can help you understand this joy and understand reaching out your hand and understanding this man that we yes. speak about, this Jesus Christ, right? I have no problem doing that, right? And that is why we have servant leaders like you, coach, to come on today. Uh, because we see you on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. I tell people sports is a unifier. It's amazing when you watch these teams win and then you got like coach, uh, you know, Tang and you got coach Yo and they're doing this win and we up with them. We sitting there watching it. I felt like That's I was right. watching with everybody on Twitter last night. Okay. That's right. And I felt like they were in my house eating my food and we were enjoying because <laughs> it was just amazing to unify ourselves. I don't know you. Yeah different colors, different races, all these things, belief systems. But we were one in that moment. And for them to get big wins and then say, I want to first give an honor to God. I cannot do this without Jesus Christ. The joy y'all don't understand, no matter how hard this was, God saw this. Yo said, I text and well, I tweeted and saved it in my drafts. I tweeted my congratulatory tweet in my drafts the night before the game because I knew that I wouldn't be in the headspace. That is faith. That is faith. And yes. that right there, and if you see, see my tweet, and I'll, I'll, I'll close with this one. I tweeted out when she was on the show and she mentioned, she said, experience is at the mercy of the person who is anointed. And it blew me away. When that buzzer sound last night, that is exactly what I heard. It was like a sound bite. Mind you, Coach Joe came on almost two years ago. She was one of our yes. first speakers, right? And that sound bite, as I'm watching her hug her players, experience is at the mercy of the one who is anointed. And so okay. when you see these coaches, I want you to understand that they're on assignment, right? It's not mm -hmm. by happenstance that they're there, right? Mm -hmm. And as sports are a unifier, I want to thank you just for being here. Now, there's two questions that I got to give you to enshrine you into this servant leader family and close out, right? So okay. the first one, I love to do this. And you kind of said it earlier, um, and I love it, but I'm going to see if you think that one again. One of the things I love to do, Coach, and you know this to be true, with a one-year-old, devotion looks a little different sometimes. Yeah. One of the things I love to do is I do my God is devotional, Right. And I'll say, God is, right? I'll do God is. And then I'll start ripping off. When I get to write it, I'll do a line. And under that line, I just start writing everything he is to me, what he's been, been to me in my life. 
what he isn't because that's also the blessing there's blessings in the nose but that's a whole nother conversation right Mm -hmm. a lot of times I say them though and I keep going and I keep going and there's no end to it because that's just who he is but you don't get an endless amount today you only get one so if I said God is and I drew an imaginary Mm -hmm. line on this screen how would servant leader Bernita Jackson fill that space God is what to you to me, God is, he's my father. Come on. Um, that that resonates with me as a young lady who I, I never met, never knew who my true biological father was. And so having him be my father, mm-hmm. um, my provider, everything. He has been everything to me. My teacher, you know, he corrects me when I'm wrong. He, you know, he gives me grace when I'm doing stuff I shouldn't be doing or saying things that don't bring him glory, you know just like a good father does, you know, and he's been a good father to me. A lot of people, like you say, they see all the accolades. They want to jump on board when you have success, but you have no, no clue what it's like to be the little girl trying to figure it out, you know, without a father. So getting connected to my faith was the best thing that could have happened. So mm-hmm. that that's who he is to me, who he will always be. And um, I'm just grateful that that um he's been he's been a good father like the songwriter says a good uh-huh. good father uh-huh. <laughs> i love that there is a song um run to the father um mm-hmm. Coach paul he comes on here often he's when our very first um people comes back here and there he's in iowa and this, the lyrics say i run to the father fall into grace no longer hiding uh, there's no reason to chase my heart needs a surgeon my mm-hmm. soul needs a friend. So I run to the father again and again and again. And when I tell you that song just opens my heart up and it's like, oh my gosh, yes. That yes. whatever I can be, you are my father. That's right. And in that, for the person listening, much like we were just saying, I guess Hendrix wants to get her tidbits. I don't know if you just heard her, but <laughs> that father that we speak of guys, if you want to know him, it's amazing because that father, much like a parent, our parents may get upset with us. They're still our parents. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they may chastise us, but they're going to love us and nurture us, right? That's right. And, and, and the biggest portion I love about that is that just like Hendrix raises that hand, I know that no matter what the issue is, when I raise my hand, it's going to be given back to me. I know it's like, girl, girl, come on here. Now it may be snatched, right? Sometimes I'm like, why did you, girl, come on here, right? Yeah, yeah. As you, and he, when he keeps you, you are kept. That's right. Oh, and then lastly, this is the servant leader coaches Bible study where we talk about servant leadership, serving and leading like Christ, right? As uh, actually been studying this in my church, but understanding that until you've done this to the least of these, right? As the word says, servant leadership takes on so many different, you know, definitions. People got books about them. They give their whole thing. But to you, servant leader, Bernita Jackson, servant leadership, what does it mean to you? Definitely, definitely means serving first um, and not, not being consumed with a title or a position or pay or any of that stuff. But in fact, being totally committed and consumed with doing those things that would lead people to Christ. Um, so, so what does that mean? He, he served when he walked the earth. Um, and so while I'm here, I have to serve. And serving means showing up early, staying late. It means being on the phone to reconcile relationships with, with players as much as I can. It means you know, sometimes paying for things out of my own pocket when the budget doesn't doesn't have it at the school. It means, you know, going and, and meeting with people and talking to them about our program so that maybe they want to contribute. It means showing up for our kids when they go through things personally and, and hugging them and holding them and, and speaking life into them in those moments. I mean, it, it, it's, it's really a, it's a calling, you know, but serving is just, to me, is showing up as your best version and um leading with love not leading with agendas or or um personal personal things that you're trying to get accomplished I never once said I wanted to be coach of the year in my entire life 
Mm -hmm. Um, And seven years as a head coach, I've been coach of the year three times. Mm -hmm. And it's not because of anything that I set out to do for me, but because I show up every day to serve the people in my program and I give them what they need. I tell them all the time, you're going to get mostly what you need out of me. I'm not going to tell you what you want to (laughs) hear. But but because of that, because of that, you'll end up getting what you want in the long run. But right now I got to tell you what you need. And so serving, serving them doesn't mean pacifying them or telling them, you know, they doing good when they just shot three air balls. We're not saying that, you know, Um, but it definitely means giving them what they need. Sometimes it's a hug. Sometimes it's a, it's a, you know, just a listening ear and um, just showing up to serve the people around me. And I think because of that, God, God is able to get the glory and, and, Mm-hmm. Um, I keep him at the forefront of everything I do and, and, uh, he continues to allow me to, you know, just have favor with people because that's a blessing. That mm-hmm. is a, a huge blessing. But uh, I think our girls see that my heart is to serve them. I ain't perfect, but I try my best to make sure they have everything that they need so they can be successful and eventually they'll get what they want. So mm-hmm. Coach, that's so good. You know, I always mention this and it, I, I'm a fry. I love fries, right? I love French fries, right? Yes. But particular ones. I'm very snobby about my French fries, right? Okay. But one thing about it is it comes with the combo, right? It comes with it, right? And so unless you're a place that lets me alternate the sides, I get them because it comes with it. And as you mentioned, I say this to people all the time. And the point I'm making is you've been a head coach for seven years, you did not seek out to be coach of the year. But one of the things that comes with faithfulness, one of the things that comes with serving in that combo is those things come along with it, that he grants us grace and favor, much like you said. Yeah. And so, you know, often I tell people, like, oh, I, I wasn't trying to do that. Well, yeah, it comes with it. Because see, when you do the will of God, when you recognize that for I know the plans that I have, not our plans, My pastor Mm -hmm. always says that people make arrangements. God make plans, right? That's right. Mm -hmm. And so when we stop making arrangements, Jeremiah 29, 11, he knows the plans he has for us. And if we can just take our hands off the wheel a little bit, get that little self-drive mode and say, God, I'm willing to trust you to navigate this car and take me down the path and road, a lot of those things begin to come with it. That's right. So coach, I appreciate you so much. I know that uh, I'm in the same way, ducking and dodging so that the little one doesn't see me, but I appreciate the time (laughs) that you have taken to just impart some wisdom to chat it up with me. Like I said, I've been watching you for a while and legitimately you don't talk the talk, you walk it and the light that we always talk about, right? Let your light so shine, right? That's right. I saw the light. I see the light in you on a day-to-day basis, not because you're trying to show it for things of your nature, but simply it's because it's the God in you. So I just appreciate you so much for coming on with us, for sharpening my iron and just for being everything that you are because it truly, truly, truly changes the world. Yes, and I love everything you are doing uh, with this Coach's Bible study. I'm gonna continue to share it and uh, support everything you're doing. I mean, you you exactly right. It's, It's not necessarily normalized, but that's okay. Um, I'll support you in any way I can. I love, love, love your heart. I love that uh, you continue to talk boldly and courageously about your faith. And I think that because of that, people are going to um, really start to seek and pursue God, which is which is all we can we can ask. You know, it's just just letting them see how how much God has impacted your life and then it'll be attractive to others. So. Ah. Keep doing what you're doing. Be a great, keep being a great mom too, you know, how that goes. And uh, I'm super proud of you to, to, you know, go against the norm of what everybody else is doing in the industry and letting, letting God use you. Oh, I appreciate that. Of course, course, before you go, we got to cover you. So everybody do me a favor, take a pause by your head, unless you're driving, we can't do that. 
The Heavenly Father, we want to thank you right now just for this moment, for this day, this time. We thank you, Lord God, for how you orchestrate and you set plans because you know the plans you have for us. And thank you for that plan being the alignment and meeting with Coach Jackson, Lord God. I ask right now that you just touch her, touch her family, touch a little girl, touch those plans that you have for her, touch her mom, her grandmother, her team, everybody that she comes into contact with it, Lord God. Help her to remain sharp, Lord God, as she sharpens others, Lord God. Help replenish and refuel and renew her, Lord God, as she continues to plant the seeds that you got her to plant and touch those young women, Lord God. Ask right now, Lord God, that you just touch anybody listening now or listening later, Lord God, to the person whose heart is tugging at them. They want to know more about you, Lord God, but they don't know how to move. Touch them, Lord God. Give them the courage, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, most of all to be lights. So that those that may not know you can find you. And your son, Jesus' name, will always pray. Amen. Amen. My favorite line of every podcast, Servant Leader, Renita Jackson, you are now a part of the Servant Leader family. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Welcome. I just feel like, I feel like each time I do fantasy football, I do high school sports, so I can't recruit like that, even though some people do. Okay. But I feel like with (laughs) each passing call, I'm legit just adding this powerhouse team, right? That's just in a regime. that's like, we going to go, Lord, we hear you. We got you. We ready. And so thank you for what you do. Thank you for adding power to this initiative that God has created to normalize coaches of faith, normalize mm-hmm. servant leaders of faith, and to be able to do the ultimate agenda, meet people at the gate. So I thank you. I appreciate you. For the person that's listening now or later, want to know more about them, DM me on all socials. We'll talk. We'll get you where you need to be, no matter where you are. Need prayer? Send that as well. We appreciate you all for listening. We're going to see you guys next time.